Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Thanks for joining us today. It is St. Patrick's Day, of course, March 17th. We're doing an evening show. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, where I have the cabbage on, Julie. The cabbage is a boiling. I'm going to throw in the potatoes and the carrots, and then we're having it with Irish stew right after I finish editing the podcast. How about you? How are you celebrating St. Patrick's Day in Brooklyn, New York? Uh, I put the baby in green clothes today, Leanne. That was, Josephine was wearing the green today. So that was our big day. It was very, very windy today in New York City, Leanne, and 40 mile an hour gusts. At one point, at one point, I was out there and I had to duck because some restaurant must have thrown away a bag of garlic bread. This bag of garlic bread came at me at about 20 miles an hour. <laughs> Ouch, that hurts. I could. It could have, Leanne. <laughs> but I'm quick. Okay. So happy St. Patrick's Day to you. <laughs> and just a note, uh, you know, my friend Colleen uh, and my, my, my book editor and publisher, uh, she just wants everyone to know it's Paddy's Day. It's not Paddy's Day. P-A-D-D-Y is the correct takedown of St. Patrick's Day. Paddy is short for the boy's name, Patrick. Patty, P-A-T-T-Y, is short for Patricia. So just a note. <laughs> Spoken like a real editor, Leanne. Yes. I like that. Yes. <laughs> so there you go. Just want to put that out there. You know, um, there's been a lot of talk about restorative broth on the on the Facebook page. And Julie said, this show today is akin to restorative broth. Very, very thin. <laughs> but not, not that thin. Surprisingly it's rich. A, it's not a hearty stew tonight, Leanne. No, it's no. thin. It's thin. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it is a restorative broth. So uh, we have some updates. Of course, Marie's Cheese, we're going to update you on. And then um, uh, I, wa- I was watching the jinx all the way through. It's the big news story oh, this week about Robert Durst. So I can uh, talk about that. I will I'll tell you what, if you haven't seen it, you can, you can, I'll give you a spoiler alert. I went to see Cinderella. Got that. Oh, I can't wait to hear, Leanne. We will have the verdict on whether we're going to recap the Royals, uh, the new Elizabeth Hurley vehicle on E. And it was just a suggestion to fill in the gap before Outlander starts. And it's hard to find a show to recap. You sort of have to find one that's just starting up so everyone's on the same episode. You can't go back to a show that's been on for years and started episode one. So we thought we'd, you know, check this out as others did. Thank you. And we'll have our verdict later. Julie has a new, the news out of Ikea. And um, <laughs> those are always important stories. They are, Leanne. Dateline Ikea. And then, finally, I just want to thank Joe for sending us a great article that, of course, we're going to talk about, Joe. Ten unconventional uses for lip balm. How could we not? Seems like the month to do it, Leanne. March is the ideal lip balm month. (laughs) All right. Well, Julie, it it is not just for lips. I mean, I I can just preview it a little. That's all I'm saying. It's not not just for lips. Uh, So what's been happening there? Okay, well, let's just recap. Urban Nana is here um, uh, this evening at Heather's Yoga Palace uh, bringing this podcast to you. And my assignment during the day is taking care of my six-month-old granddaughter, Josephine. And I would have to say I'm doing a bang-up job, Leanne. I mean, I, I am a very, you know, Urban Nana, we are out and about. We are, you know, taking in various things. We're going to parks. We've been to the library. We've been to the botanical gardens. We have a lot of fun during the day. And as well, we've been introducing solid food. So all is going well. Oh, that's exciting. That really gives some structure to your day. (laughs) It does, Leon. Like when you have... You have a bowl of rice cereal. Yeah, it really a... anchors. It anchors it, Leanne. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So all's going well, and you know they they have the million dollar stroller that I take um, take mm-hmm. Josephine out in. But I also bought in Dallas. I, I bought it at a used you know baby used baby store. <laughs> Um, a McLaren umbrella stroller. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be very good for them for travel um, and things like that. McLaren, Leon, your family is into race car driving. Right. You know this is these are high engineered products by 
It's a British racing company. Is that right? McLaren? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there, it's a premium stroller and I scored a, a premium McLaren stroller. I don't think it had ever been used and I had never used it. Okay. So I think that's an important point to mention. <laughs> to mention. Okay. So, you know, the snow has melted here in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, and the garbage is down a bit, you know, the, cause there was quite a bit of garbage in the ice pack. I that heard there's a lot of dog business too, that that's oh, been an issue. Oh, it's yeah. okay. But a lot of that has been cleared away. So I thought it was a good day to use the McLaren stroller. It's lighter, it's more agile, but she, but Josephine is lower to the ground. So uh, up until this point, it hasn't been safe to do that. So I take her on a nice stroll. It's going well. And we come back home. And by the end of the stroll, uh, you know, I admit it, Josephine is a little cranky. She wants to get out of the stroller and she's starting to fuss. And so I attempt to pop her out of the stroller. And of course, the McLaren stroller system, Leanne, because it's highly engineered, it has a five-point security system. This baby cannot move anywhere. Okay, I can't get the baby out of the stroller. Lady. Oh yeah, okay. she's got the F one five point strap on. Sure, she probably has a the Hans okay. device so too. So now, okay, so snap okay, her head. Okay, so it's like I'm five minutes. I'm struggling. The baby is now real. Josephine's upset. She is really like wailing. Okay, I'm starting to sweat. I'm looking around. There's no one to help me. I am home alone with the McLaren stroller. The baby is tired. She's crying. I don't know what to do. I keep pressing it. It's not working. I'm struggling. I try to get her out of the shoulder straps. So I think I'm, I can just lift her out of the stroller right. without like unbuckling it. Impossible right. in the McLaren. In fact, I think it tightens the straps, which makes Josephine cry even louder. Oh, that okay. sounds bad. It's, it's just badly and it's bad. So I'm trying to like gather my whips, wits about me and I like step away from the situation. I take a step back. I was right. like, I'm going to like step back. I'm going to try it again, you know, and it still won't go. Okay. So I, I'm like, okay, all right. There's only one thing to do. Oh no. I'm going to have to cut her out of it. Oh, Liam. I, <laughs> and you know, I'm like, I do not want to be this kind of Nana that like ruins the stroller. Yeah. You know, the one that they, you know, that, that, you know, they talk about, oh yeah, well, my mother like took the baby for a walk and then had to cut her out of the stroller. stroller. (laughs) Okay. So I've made the decision, like, I'm going to press it a couple more times. And then if that doesn't work, I'm getting the scissors because the baby needs like 15 minutes now. (laughs) She needs to come out. There's, there's nothing else to do. So I lift her in the McLaren stroller, take her up the brownstone steps. And I, I I mean, she's crying. I'm in a sweat. I was like, I, I said a prayer, Leanne. That's, I have to tell you it's, I, I was like, please, dear God, please. You know, I don't know if it's St. Anthony of the strollers. I don't know which saint patron saint you pray to to open up the strollers. And, And so because I was like, I am going in to get the scissors, and this is my last press of this button. And if it doesn't work, and so I pressed it one more time, Leanne, and just one side of it opened up. <laughs> That's so, enough. Was that enough? <laughs> and I slipped her out of it, okay? And then I took that stroller and I threw it in the... In the in the in the in their lobby area. It's still... I can, still can't unbuckle the other side, okay? But I just thought, oh, boy... I, and then we just had to go up and sit on the couch, Josephine. Ooh, yeah. We were, that was it, Liam. Yeah, that's so. time for some house hunters. You guys got to <laughs> say, you just got to say yes to the dress at that point. Just... I don't know, Liam. <laughs> I am never using that stroller again. Uh, I just, I don't even want to speak about it. I, I'm just, it's, it's just, if they're going to use it, fine. But I, obviously, I'm, I'm not made for race cars. That's all I, that's what I learned on that day. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Julie, we have some updates on the show last weekend. I mentioned that my Ralph store had put in a new, uh, cheese bar and they had given it a, they looked like they had branded it. They'd given it a name and it, with an awning and, you know, all this old school graphics. And it looked totally cheesy to me, frankly, it looked totally fake called Murray's cheese. And there I, I told the whole story. We had Sheila and Liz on deck, who both of whom have lived in New York City for decades. And apparently neither of them had heard of the world-famous Murray's Cheese Store either. So many Satellite Sisters emailed that they were 
posted on Facebook that they were yelling, like, it's the cheese store on Bleecker. What's the matter with you sisters? I don't know. None of us had heard of, of Murray's. We spent a lot of time in New York over the years, but maybe we didn't eat enough cheese. I mean, uh, we went. We love cheese, too. I'm I, surprised. I don't know. I've heard of it. But... I don't know. We went. My mother had a cheesecake place. She had a bagel place. <laughs> There's a deli place. She had a place for petty fours in the city, but we didn't have a cheese place. So thank you for that. Uh, not Ralph's brother, but just Murray. <laughs> Just Murray. And then on the same Murray cheese thread, I just want to shout out to Ellen because she posted another Murray. This one is a black lab. And <laughs> so, so we're calling him Furry Murray. And uh, she just wanted to post him. He is her new treatment partner. So it's an interesting story. She was approved to get a dog for AAT, which is animal assisted therapy from a wonderful organization called Needs. And she posted this adorable picture of Murray that I will post on the Satellite Sisters blog. He's completed a year and a half of training in the prison pup program, which is a very successful program in prisons. And the next step is that she goes for a full week of training, and then she's going to use Murray as she works with teens and young adults with Asperger's and related disorders, as well as other populations. So, all right. Shout out to Furry Murray. Ellen, thank you for posting his picture. We love it. We love it. Maybe maybe he'd like a little snippet of cheese. (laughs) Cheese. That's how you're going to train him with Murray's cheese. Um, (laughs) The other recurring theme we mentioned on the Facebook page is uh, restorative broth. People are now posting their recipes for restorative broth. Natalie posted a picture of all the restorative broths she made. Julie, I noticed yesterday in the meat department, they are selling a lot of bones now. And I think it might be like packaged up bones. Uh, I think it might be to bank in on this broth, this bone broth trend. And then uh, somebody on the Facebook page posted what could be the grossest food product of all time. And that's (laughs) broth for cats. You know, Leanne, when I saw that, you know what I thought is it's the sound of the cats lapping. (laughs) I know. It made me gag like... Oh, that would take forever for them to lick up. <laughs> so, okay. I think um, it's clearly established the Satellite Sisters, we're dog lovers. We're not cat people. We're not cat people. Yeah. We love cat people, but we're not so much the cats, okay? So, so Nancy uh, posted it and she said, fortunately, or Janice responded by saying her cat doesn't like it, which is good because it's not cheap. And look at this, Julie. They turn, turn meal times into wow time. With lickable, <laughs> lovable broth. No, it's lickable. the sound. It's the sound <gasps> makes my toes curl, Leanne. I just can't. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. All right. <laughs> well, Leanne, I, I have another follow-up story, which is something that Liz had mentioned on a podcast, maybe I think no more than 10 days ago, right. about a new Netflix show called The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I don't know if you've seen this yet. I have I'm... not had a chance. I have not okay. had a chance and, yet. And she described it as kooky and positive. It's T- Tina Fey produced it, and she's actually in it as well uh, in in a couple of the episodes. In one, a couple of the episodes, and it is just it's kooky and delightful. It's funny. Uh, it's it's very light and very positive. So even though it has kind of a very dark undertone. Uh, I, I would recommend it to our satellite sisters. I mean, I, I think it is really fun to watch. They're short episodes and you can make, uh, make up your mind. But what the thing that I have been struck with, Leon, is the show has a great theme song. Uh, this, the song is outstanding and I've been humming it and singing it since I've started to watch, watch the episodes on, uh, on Netflix. And it just makes me think that like many of the other, uh, like Netflix shows, they don't really have like singable songs, you know, with lyrics, this one has lyrics and it's fun. I mean, when you think about house of cards, that's just, they have that just sort of ominous music and, yeah. Did you ever did you ever watch Black uh, Orange is the New Black? Yeah. No, that I mean it's ex- most most shows it's expensive to do opening credits now and theme songs and stuff so they've just they've just done away with it cuz they would rather sell the ad time. That's how it works now. That's why shows don't really have credits or anything like that anymore. Yeah. So they well, can sell I- that ad time. I'm trying to look it up but I know I'm going to hit it and uh 
it will uh, start to play the wrong stuff over the. I, yeah, I'm well, going to have to play anyway, that first. You can look it up. Okay. It's, it's fun that Tina Fey and her husband developed the song. So it was a family affair that they sort of worked it out. And it's kind of based, it's one of those songs that re, that has, it's been like songified news stories. You know, have you probably seen yes. those in the past. Okay. Like the rent is too damn high or what, one of those right. songs that yeah. goes like that. Well, that's kind of the, um, the, uh, spirit of the song. They do it that way. Although they have a great actor that is sort of singing the song and it's just really cute. And once you hear it, you're definitely going, it, it's going, you're, it's going to be in your head too. Okay. So. Cause you're not the only one. Cause in, there's an article in us weekly this week, uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt theme song will stay stuck in your head forever. <laughs> so, no, it's good. I would put it up there when I think about my favorite theme songs, the Patty Duke show yeah, and the monkeys for me, those are like the two of the, I mean, obviously you have Gilligan's Island, but, but for my personal, Not obviously. My, my personal favorites I mean, yeah, are okay. Patty Duke and the monkeys. And now I'm going to add uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt to that list too. Okay. It's really good, Leanne. All right. Well, I'll try to throw it on at the end of the show if I can steal it off of somewhere. Oh, I didn't say that. So, uh, but okay. Oh, is that it? Yes. Is that I it? Think that's it. I think okay. that's it, Leanne. I'm just that's... playing it on YouTube and sticking the microphone up to this. Quite a system. Okay. Ooh, that does sound wacky. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's 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 very fun. Okay. okay. And I, if others have, if it's stuck in others people's heads, I'd I'd like to know. So, well, Leanne, I I saw a story today, and I think I thought this is totally going to backfire. IKEA has come out. Yeah. Uh, uh, they've made a big announcement, and they want people to they need people's cooperation for this they want people to kind of back down because they're cracking down on a phenomenon that started in belgium where uh in june a girl for her 30th birthday this was on her bucket list what she really wanted to do was to play hide and seek in an ikea store just imagine, oh, just imagine. That's you're a good idea. That sounds isn't fun. that isn't that yeah. a great idea? Yeah. Hiding in the beds, hiding yeah. in the bins, yeah. you know, all over. Okay, so for some reason, IKEA accommodated her. They made this special allowance. They brought in extra security, and so she, you know, she and her pals, because she was turning thirty years old, had a, you know a great game of hide and hide and seek. In Ikea. Well, people got wind of this, Leon, and guess yeah. what? A Facebook page uh, was sprung up, and 32,000 people in Belgium have signed up. <laughs> they, too, would like to play hide-and-seek in Ikea, okay? And then, of course, Amsterdam heard about it. 19,000 people have signed up there. And now that I've heard about it, Leon, don't you want to do that? <laughs> Doesn't that sound? I did. Like, I'm not even going to tell my sons because that's what they will be doing Saturday night. They're going to take all their friends to go play hide and, key, hide and seek in IKEA. It sounds fantastic. It sounds like it? that could be a whole new revenue for stream for them, like midnight to 6 a.m. Just <laughs> rent it out for hour long IKEA hide and seek games. Okay. Well, I mean, but that's but their announcement today was. They don't want people to play hide and seek in IKEA. Okay, so you know, with for safety and security reasons, they don't think this is a good idea. But I had no idea that it was even an idea, Leanne. But now that I know that you can do that, it sounds you're right. Good. They they just blew the lid off that. That is- yeah yeah, they're going to have some problems with that. <laughs> that does sound really fun. <laughs> Okay, Jewel, we did a story a couple weeks ago um, about unconventional uses for over-the-counter medicines. Oh, uh, yeah. do, you, do you remember that? Yes, you know, putting yes. prescription H on places yeah. that you never thought to put prescription Prepar- preparation, H. Preparation, preparation H, right. And we got some conflicting reports. Some people have been very successful with that, and then others were like, do not do that. So... You know. So, so, so I, what are you supposed to do with lip balm? Okay, right. Well, I appreciated that Joe sent in this lip balm story. She said you're definitely going to want to see this, and you know, I I didn't expect it to be revolutionary, but Julie, I mean, there's nothing you can't do with lip balm. I just now that I read this, okay. First, I just want you to start at the top of your head. You can tame flyaways with your lip balm. <laughs> 
So next time you have some flyaways, you get some baby hairs, you just apply yeah. the lip balm to your strands via your fingers to tame your mane. Okay? All and right. then just keep moving down. You need to freshen up in the middle of the day. Maybe Urban Nana needed to freshen up after the stroller incident. <laughs> All right. They suggest just rubbing some chapstick along your cheekbones and under your eyes for a fresh, dewy look. <laughs> Minimizes. Really? Little, oh, yeah, okay. Just put it, put it on your cheekbones and under your eyes. But don't stop there, Julie, because if you need to manage your brows, all right, and you're out of eyebrow gel, or I don't even know what that is, but I don't even have any, don't worry, because you could just tap some lip balm along your brows, <laughs> pressing them into place. Okay. I mean, so far we're just taking that stick and we're just rubbing it all over our head. It's all over your face. It's in your hair. It's in your (laughs) eyes. It's under your eyes. It's on your cheekbones. Keep going down. Just keep going down, Julie, because what your hands, they get cracked and dry in the winter. Don't worry. You're just going to cover the cracks with a thick layer of lip balm. (laughs) And then you're going to go to the cuticles and you're just going to balm up your cuticles. So it'll awaken moisturized nails. And then finally, Julie, this is it. Well, if you cut yourself shaving your legs, say you do that, yeah. boom, lip yeah. balm it. That's oh, it. I didn't know you could do that. Later. It's going to stop oh. the bleeding. And then finally, and who, who doesn't this happen to? You have blisters all over your feet with new shoes. Just now that you've covered your face and your hair and your hands and your legs and lip balms, just, just rub lip balms onto your feet. And then, Aren't you going to be a little sticky? First of all... That's like an entire stick of lip balm right there. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, come on. It's it's multiple sticks, Leanne. I mean, <laughs> that's, you're do you, doing your face and your, you know, and then your hands and yeah. And then all of your feet. And do you use the same lip balm to cover your feet that you would do to like control bleeding? Well, just do not repeat that. If you get to your feet, do not go back to your head. I don't, I don't think. So thank you, Joe. You're right. I mean, that's, that, those are tips to clip for all of all the satellite sisterhood. I'm very tempted. I'm tempted with the lip balm, Leanne, to just, to just fly away. I know. Just, yeah, it's just good to know it has just, multiple uses. It's just, just get a stick and just start applying it. Start balming. You know? Start balming it up. <laughs> right. All right. Big news story this week was the jinx. Okay, Jill, the story about Robert Durst. I, I'm way behind on this, Lee, and please in, uh, uh, fill me in. All right. So if you haven't seen this, it has been a giant news story, so I don't think I'm giving away any spoilers. But there were some of us watching the HBO documentary, a six-part documentary, and uh, it came to a stunning conclusion this weekend in terms of the actual documentary. And now... Murder charges have followed. But here's the basic storyline. Robert Durst is the eccentric and some would say crazy and now some would say psychopathic uh, son of billionaire real estate developer Seymour Durst. And the Durst company owns a lot of big buildings in New York, including like half of Times Square. So they are really a big deal in real estate. And in 1980, uh, Robert Durst was accused, was investigated for murdering his wife. His wife, Kathy, a medical student, disappeared after a fight they had they she they were living in the house they had a, a weekend house in the country she allegedly took the train to new york but she never showed up for medical school the next day and she was never seen again and <clears throat> yeah and, and they've, course, never, they've never found the body or anything. They never found the body or anything like that. Uh, the case went cold. Uh, the husband was a suspect because um, because they had had a fight, because Kathy had reached out to family and friends and said she didn't feel safe. She wanted a divorce. She was beginning to feel threatened by Bob Durst. And, uh, and so it was amazing in this documentary by Andrew Jarecki, who did Chasing the Freedmans, if you ever saw that, um, that... Uh, you know, the friends of Kathy, they just never forgot her and the family never forgot her. And they sort of formed their own little, you know, girl detective league and they chased down leads and they could just never get anything to nail Bob. And mainly because they had so much money and so many lawyers, he was just protected from like the second the story went, uh, went national. So that was 30 years ago. All right. 10 years after that, they're going to almost 20 years after that, uh, they're going to invest. They're going to reopen the case. You know, that Jeannie Pirro that's on CNN. She's yeah. the prosecutor yeah. of Westchester County. She's going to reopen the case. She thinks she has new evidence and she wants to talk to one of Bob's good friends, this woman, Susan Berman, who as a material witness, she thinks Susan Berman, 
who had acted kind of as a um, as a, a spokesman during the event and everything was a really good friend of Bob's. Might actually he might have actually told her something. So. Susan Berman calls Bob and says, they want to talk to me. I don't, I don't know what to do. Or no, she had just announced the police announced they're going to talk to her. She calls Bob. They set up like she tells Bob, I, I'd love to see you before this happens. He's going to at some point come to LA, but there are no firm dates. And then wouldn't you know, three weeks later, she winds up dead. She's assassinated like mob hit style. And because her father was actually in the mob, there is sort of some thought that this was just a mob hit. She was a writer. She was developing a TV show about the mob. Maybe that was it. Ugh. But again, they they can place this Bob Durst in California, but Northern California, they can't place him in Southern California. Ugh. So the case goes cold. Two years after that, he's arrested in Galveston, Texas. He's on the lam. He is arrested for murdering his like cranky 80-year-old neighbor and then dismembering him julie yeah, see, did... i heard uh, parts of this story and i was like how could this all be the same person it's that... all the same person okay. cutting yeah. him up into little pieces and Jeez. throwing him into galveston bay and his brilliant lawyer Garen argues that this was self-defense that he shot him out of self-defense and then he panicked he got really drunk and he cut him up and well, that was it. And they acquit him. They let him go. He <laughs> so amazing, amazing. Over the course of this six-part documentary, it is really an incredible piece of filmmaking because I didn't really recall any of this story. None of the details were even vaguely familiar. I didn't really Correct. recall the disappearance yeah. or the Susan Berman murder, even though I was living here in LA. So we sort of watched it completely cold. Colin had heard from his people on Reddit, uh, where he gets all his news that, oh mom, there's this good documentary on HBO. So We'd watch it Monday afternoons when he came home from school and every single episode, our jaw would drop. Like every episode, it just got more bizarre and more bizarre. And when they, when they acquitted him of like murdering and dismembering his neighbor, like while being a, like on the lamb cross-dresser in Galveston, Texas. Yeah. It wasn't was, that, wasn't he like uh, uh, pretending to be a, like a mute woman? Yes. Is a mute right? woman. Yes. Yeah. And he's just the oddest guy in the world. He is not the slightest bit likable. He is without charm. He is odd and quirky and uncomfortable. Yet this whole documentary was his idea. And so it was just unbelievable. And then the filmmakers start to uncover one critical piece of evidence about the Susan Berman murder. And I won't go into details in case you do want to watch it. And I don't want to dissuade people. It's not too late to watch it. Because Liz asked that question, or Sister Liz asked that question on the Facebook page. You know, is it too late to watch the HBO documentary? It's still a really stunning piece of filmmaking, I think. And there are a couple of, there's been a lot of comparisons to Serial, which I know a lot of the Satellite Sisterhood listen to. And it's an easy, quick comparison to make because it is, you know, episode by episode solving a you know, a true crime, or in this case, three true crimes. But there are a couple of big differences. I mean, obviously one is a film, but two, what's really interesting for the film and was really hit me as very powerful was that, um, they, the family of his wife, Kathy, that disappeared and the stepson of Susan Berman cooperate with the filmmakers. You see them on camera talking about what it's like to lose somebody. And yeah. particularly in the case of Kathy, where they all know it's him. And they yeah. never found anything. They never, they never found a body. They never found anything. And you, you can see the pain on her sibling's face. Her brother speaks extensively in the documentary. Her mother speaks extensively. There's a niece that talks about what that's like to have this giant question mark out there for 30 years. And that, that must was, be just a terrible form of grief. It's terrible. You know, I, it's that is terrible. Just, and That's... that really came through in this documentary. Huh. Uh, the niece says at one point, um, you know, I would like to say it brought our family closer together, but it didn't, you know, because it's huh. just unsettling. And that you also learn at the same time that her family is going through all this. The Durst family never, ever made a single phone call to Kathy's family. No condolence phone call, no note, no letter, nothing. Jeez. Nobody ever, after the news broke... There was no communication whatsoever, which 
says a lot about how they rallied the forces, the dearths over there. But that was really powerful. And that didn't happen in serial. There wasn't the cooperate, which is the podcast, which goes, you know, episode by episode, looking at a, mis- a murder mystery or a murder conviction from 15 years ago, where Adnan, the guy who was convicted and is sitting in jail, is sort of laying out his case for why he didn't do it. But you don't ever hear from the murder victim's mom in that case. You don't, you don't really get a sense of his family. You don't hear from them. So that was a big difference in this one, just that he talked to the family and you get that real sense sense of what that experience is like. It's just unsettling. And, uh, and then you also just get this incredible sense of what a psychopath is. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's indescribable, this guy on camera. So that's why I would say it's not too late. Like even the last episode when that aired Sunday night, the news had come out that he had already been arrested in New Orleans based on, you know, evidence essentially that the filmmakers dug up in the fifth episode. And now they have the sixth episode, which is where they come back. They lure him. They get him finally after a year and a half to agree to do another interview and they present the evidence to him. And you've probably seen all the news clips and stuff. Right. But it was super dramatic. But uh, just watching him react to that evidence is just a psychological study that I think is worth it. And I'm sure every actor who ever has to play a psychopath in, um, in TV will be required to watch that because it really going back to serial again, where the guy kept insisting on his innocence. And, you know, at the end, the producer said, Oh, I don't think I can make a judgment if he did it or he didn't do it. This watching, <laughs> Watching the jinx will convince you absolutely that the serial guy is guilty okay. <laughs> because it's just, you know, people can lie for 30 years that they didn't do something and they still have done it. So, uh, so totally worth watching. Just, I've been obsessed with the story since it aired Colin and I, you know, trolling the internet for other pieces of informa- information, but it's. Now, did the filmmakers not disclose this information to the police for a a long period of time? Not a long period of time. Some period of time, but the police have known about the information for two years. Okay. And, you know, at least. And they have a timeline and they were out sort of putting out the timeline and then they stopped doing interviews because they said, we're probably going to be witnesses and we're not allowed to do it. But here's what I think. Like... That seemed to be the story the day after. What was the timeline? When did the filmmakers tell the police? My interpretation of that was that was a lot of jealous journalists trying to find fault in in this. Like, I don't think Kathy's family cares. They just care that this may be coming to an end. Or soon was in Berman's family. They care. Like, the police knew in some amount of time. The police were on their own timeline. The filmmaker said, you know, we knew we could gather evidence in a different way than the police, but they did inform the police about this key piece of evidence that they uncovered. And then they informed them about the audio tape when they discovered that later. So I, I'm going to let the prosecutors worry about the timeline. It does not diminish the um, anything about the film, really. So, Well, do you think they will now finally get them? Do you, I mean, from watching this, do you think the evidence is strong enough that... A jury will convict him. You know what? You have to go back to the fourth episode where that with jury in Galveston lets him go. I mean, okay. it so. is jaw dropping. That one, I, it's just, you cannot believe it. So when you have really good lawyers and when you have so much money, I mean, these people are billionaires. So although his family, his brother came out this week and said, I'm glad he will finally be held accountable for what he's done. You know, they, they don't, they're not supporting him in any way, it appears in terms of emotionally or anything. Uh, They try to interview his brother for the documentary and that's kind of an interesting, how that all unfolds, but it's clear his brother is terrified of him. His brother has a bodyguard to protect him from his own brother. So, uh, so who knows? I, I don't know because he does, he has this Dick DeGuerin, that famous defense attorney who is a really good attorney. So, and, uh, so I, I don't know, but I feel like we know. <laughs> okay. Well, Lynn, you I and like I know. keep us posted. I'm I feel like I know. So go ahead. If you have HBO or they're just about to offer HBO, you don't need cable. You just get it over the internet or if it comes out on, on DVD, it's worth watching. It's a great piece of filmmaking and it's only six episodes. It's not 12 like serial. Uh, it's tight and it's really well done. All right. I also went to see Cinderella this week, Julie. Fantastic. It? It's fantastic. It? Is it? It's fantastic. Okay. 
It's, can you go without a young child? Uh, I mean, can yes, adults, can yes. adults go to that? There were that, definitely yes. adults there. Yes. Okay. There were, I mean, a lot of them were Disney, big Disney fans and stuff, but you could totally go in without a young child. And it would be, it's just a very uplifting movie. It's a very straightforward portrayal, but honestly, they, Kevin Brownall was the director. They have a wonderful script. It's a better script, you know, than maybe it deserves. And the acting is unbelievable. The cast is unbelievable. I mean, we have, you have Kate Blanchett and you have Derek Jacobi and you have like the world's most handsome Prince Charming from Game of Thrones and Lily James from Downton Abbey steals how the did, show. How did Lady Rose do? She William? is so good. She is so, she is so good. She is not a victim but she's uh, like appropriate for her time and she is just wonderful. There are moments where you tear up and not just like you really, you genuinely feel emotion and it's just beautiful to look at. So, and I'm sure, um, Alice will want to go many, many okay. times yeah, when you so get I, back I to Dallas. I'm, I'm going to grab my granddaughter, Alice and, and go see Cinderella. Yeah. Uh, so that, Oh good. That's I'm so happy to hear that you liked it. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds perfect. Good. Okay. So what's the opposite? I, it was weird. I like went to Cinderella, then came home and watched the last episode of the jinx. So that <laughs> was an odd contrast. So I don't think that's good for you. I think you should have had a Kimmy Schmidt chaser <laughs> at the end, Lillian, just so that you'd end up on a positive note. Okay. Just, just try, just try Kimmy. She's She's this, unbreakable. So, this is uh, what Colin and I did when we watched like the last 30 seconds of that documentary. Oh, <gasps> Like that's how we reacted. Like that's how that's how dramatic it was. Uh, okay. So anyway, moving on to the show, we discussed recapping the Royals on E. E Network's first scripted drama uh, about a fictitious royal family set in England uh, and into all kinds of hijinks, into all kinds of royal hijinks and intrigue. Um, Julie, you watched it. You had to watch it in multiple parts on uh, YouTube. I watched no, you can it. watch it on YouTube. Um, and actually, E Network has it. Yeah, you can download it okay. for free. Okay. So, so what do you uh, think? So here at the Yoga Palace, we don't have the E Net- Network. But um, uh, well, Leon, I don't know. I mean, it was. It's. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't think we can go. We can go the distance with no. this with no. this piece piece of work. No. But there were moments in this show that I that I thought. Well, that's not bad acting there. No. Okay. And so uh, there, there were, it had some moments. Okay. And I can see if you were homesick with the flu, yeah. you know, and, or, uh, like a snowstorm blizzard, like you're stuck in Boston, 2015, like it replays again and you're home and you might want to watch this, uh, you know, uh, just uh, get yourself some restorative broth and, uh, sit back and watch it, okay, and not and not be so judgmental about it. Yeah, it's it, it's certainly not. Um, I was hoping for maybe a little bit higher quality of writing and sort of production, like overall production no. values. But no, so don't be fooled. If if the end of Gossip Girl left a void in your viewing, <laughs> then this is the show for you because it's kind of like a low rate Gossip Girl. So you know, including like great clothes, you know, wild behavior and like right in the middle of it for no reason at all, like a stupid American teenage girl. So for, <laughs> like, so even though we're looking at the British Royal family and there's a King and there's a queen and, oh, the, uh, you know, the heir to the throne has just died mysteriously. And there's the princess who's out all night and parties too much and ends up on the front page of the tabloids. And there's the new heir to the throne, like right in the middle of that is like this American teenager for no reason whatsoever. Yet she's in every scene. So uh, I don't. I don't think the character or plot development is going to be enough to sustain a recap. No, I, I don't yeah. think there's enough of a narrative no. arc. Uh, Thank or you, Julie. Whatever. Yeah. Yes, there there really isn't. I did like Prince Liam. Okay, he's 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 delightful to look at, and uh, and I didn't know whether. Because his name is Liam, and yours is Liam. Liam, if you felt any kin- kinship, I did, him. Julie. I felt a little bit of kinship. Yeah, his okay. character, I wasn't quite sure of, but uh, I felt felt name wise, yes, we were on the same page. Well, Liam, I had like about five moments where I was watching it, and I'd said, 
I know I wasn't at Downton Abbey anymore. And I, I mean, I mean, it was like the opening scene. Okay. The opening scene with the wild party. And, uh, I guess, you know, I guess you're not so bright. You're not bright enough to figure it out because the, the E network felt, felt like they needed to have a theme song underneath it. Like girl is a problem. Girl is a problem. Girl is a problem. Right. I was like, I'm not in Downton Abbey anymore. They never did that. They never did that. Or how about the opening shot of Ophelia? She's the American girl. Yeah. I mean, that was like, holy smokes. I know. I was like, what, what, what's that camera angle? Well, what, 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 I just couldn't even believe that. I just. What is that camera angle? Oh, really? Woo, yeah, I mean, you're right. That okay. Was... So that was another one. Okay. Number three, the butler who comes in to tell uh, King Simon uh, that his son is dead. Okay, he was no mis- uh, Mr. Carson. No. Okay, no. I mean, he was, he was like, get some new help, okay? Get out to Downton Abbey and get yourself some real royal servants or something because he, he, wasn't, he really wasn't doing that for me. And then, of course, they have those Fascinator sisters. That's yes. who, uh, <laughs> Like you know, the evil stepsisters in Cinderella. They were almost, a, who was Daisy, of course, from Downton Abbey, is in Cinderella. Yes, okay. She's but, one of the evil, evil stepsisters. And it's the same two characters in the royals. Yes. It's but, the same but two hats. Even, even, the, even their names, they, you know, it was like Penelope and Prudence. Like yeah. the, whoever wrote the script didn't really work too hard yeah. to come up with names right no but okay there's the scene where they're like the 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 two um, the fascinator sisters that's what i'll uh, refer to them as with the bong again you're never going to see a bong on downton abbey okay (laughs) (laughs) that's like really although julie when you think about it we've had uh we have had some drugs on downton abbey we we had the weird like thomas thing we have had the help sleeping with the you know the the well-to-do's we have had that look at sybil and tom for instance that was the thing we have had like mary ended up in bed with the dead guy okay it's a lot of the same storylines i mean down is a lot posher with you know the mystery the son is dead and some kind of mystery death it's probably mr bates mr bates probably did it i mean I'm sure he killed the heir to the throne on the royal. <laughs> okay, but what about the dialogue, Liam? Let's here's here's one of my favorite scenes. Maybe you recall it was uh, between Eleanor. She's like the wild princess sister, and then Ophelia. She's the inexplicable the American, American girl. That's the American girl that's in it. And so Ophelia, the American, says, "You're a blankety blank." And then Eleanor responds, no, I'm just a blankety blank with money and power. Oh, hey, that's some good dialogue right there, Liam. Okay. That is gossip girl level dialogue. That's, that's what I'm telling you. That's who will like this fans of gossip girl. Don't expect Blair and Chuck, but uh, it has the potential to turn into that. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a regular thing for us. Okay, but, but uh, what what I did like about it, some nice interior scenes. Beautiful. Like, yeah. I like the costumes. And surprisingly, like Princess Eleanor, the wild child girl, she has a, she has a kind of a touching scene with her father. I thought that, that scene in the kitchen, she, I was like, okay, this girl can act. She's, I know. She's a good actress. Yes. You know, so, so there are some moments like that. Uh, Liam, Liam, the prince, is yeah. cute, and yeah. so he's good to And look the king's kind of hot. He's, he's a little bit like Lord Grantham. He looks like he's in another show, though, you know? <laughs> he's doing a BBC version of the royals. No right. one... No one told him that this is an e-scripted drama. So, and why do you think the King of England wears like V-neck sweaters a lot? What? No, I don't know. I, that was I don't. Know I didn't what understand the... that. And Elizabeth Hurley, she she's like the women in that show Revenge, which is another terrible show I enjoy. But they're dressed to the nines all the time and like wildly inappropriate skin tight dresses and like giant jewels. So even yeah. though her son has just died, she's like wearing the crown jewels at dinner. It's I nice. know she's got so many diamond bangles on. <laughs> it's hard for her to bring her her hands up to her face to to cry or to show. <laughs> Remote, yeah, for her, for her dead son. Okay, so, but so, she, does, and she does sleep upright in bed, which is different than Lady Cora, you know. But uh, it's but she got out of bed, so you can say that about her. I, I know. So that that was that was that was good. Okay. Uh, and right. 
And I, I don't know. I mean, Ophelia's father, who's supposed to be head of security, yeah. his like his office. It's like Restoration Hardware catalog. They they right with the giant clock. The giant and, clock. I don't I know. know what. That's a What's set. With that, I think that's a set left over from that animated movie about the mice. I don't know. I didn't understand <laughs> I that either. He's like up in the clock tower. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, don't worry. This is a one-off thing. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop but watching think, it. But, but... It's, it's not. I don't think it's going to harm you. No. Okay. And uh, again, no. stuck in a snowstorm, home with the flu. Yeah. You yeah. know, just uh, housebound for after any you've reason. watched the McLaughlin report or something. That's I don't right. Know. <laughs> you have your wisdom teeth taken out. Maybe some plastic surgery you're yeah. recovering from. I think this. You know, the Royals. It's totally safe. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. So that's that's that. Uh, we gave it a whirl. I'm still gonna watch. Um, all right. A couple of things. First of all, we have on Satellite Sisters. I can't reveal much. But I just want people to tune into the weekend show. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> tune into the weekend show. Is it uh, going to be like Jinx Land? You got some big announcement yeah. or something? <laughs> well, I'm not going to be on the show, and I'll explain that. But you guys have some big announcements. So yes. Uh, yes, we, we do want people to tune in. Also know that um, – I would. I think. I hope Liz doesn't kill me. But I know we're gonna. We're redoing our website. We're. Um, you know. We're just refreshing the website. So if it's down for a couple of hours Friday night, you know why. So you don't have to. Thank you for emails. People always like to give us technical updates, but we are uh, refreshing the website. So there'll be some work done on the website and it should be good to go Saturday. If there are any issues, we'll try to get them fixed for Sunday. And there always are when you launch a new website, um, but look for a new website and an announcement on the weekend show. So just want to preview that. Just want to let people know. Tune That's in. Good, Tune That's in. Exci- That's exciting, Liam. That's yeah, exciting. It is exciting. All right. And I epi- did. Episodic, you know, that we're, you know, we, you have to keep. Keep on us. the ne- on the we, next satellite sister, we haven't killed anyone or anything, so that's good. Good work. Previously on satellite sisters, um, <laughs> also, you know what? Just sending some good thoughts out to one of my satellite sisters, Liz, one of my oldest friends uh, from growing up in Connecticut from high school. She's a bridesmaid at my wedding. Now she lives out on Martha's Vineyard, but Julie, she was diagnosed with breast cancer two weeks oh, ago. Oh, I know. I just can't believe, you know, she can't believe it. I can't believe it. I got a text from her a couple weeks ago and she's like, oh, I have to go get, you know, they have to do the mammogram again. I'm a little worried. Have you ever had this happen? I'm like, yeah, I had it happen once. They take really good care of you. They usually read it right there and let you know, let me know what happens. And an hour later I got a call. She they found a lump and she lives on the vineyard. So she had to go into Boston for a biopsy and, and it's uh, stage one and it's very treatable, but she's in Boston today having her procedure. And so just good vibes from the satellite sisterhood out to my satellite sister, Liz. But you know, it's one of those things. Every time I read a study about mammograms, like I understand that they have all the statistical data but many of the women I know who've been diagnosed with breast cancer discovered the cancer with a mammogram. Like they, yeah. doctors said they would not have found this without the mammogram. And oh. Liz does monthly exams and she just hadn't gotten a mammogram in like three years. But like me, she's turning 50 this, you know, in a couple of weeks. And so she thought, well, I'll just do the do those tests while I can downtime here in the winter on Martha's Vineyard. And that's when they found the mammogram. That's when they found it during the mammogram. So she's taking care of herself. And I said, is there any, anything I can do? There's nothing I can do, but I was like, do you need me to call people? Is there any, anything I can do? I know she has a very tight community there and she has her sisters to help her. It's a lot to go from an island into Boston uh, for the medical medical stuff. And it gets expensive. And I, and so she jokingly tested me back like, you know, I'd like some of those Hunter Wellington boots, you know, (laughs) I was like, got it. I'm on it. I can do that. I saw the cute college girls in DC wearing those hunter green boots with the socks on the outside. No one wears them here because it's not wet or cold here. But so and I did. Wear them in Dallas too. So you sent her some boots. Sent her some boots. She was so psyched. She got them. But she texted me a photo. Uh, there she was, like wearing her boots off to her hospital, off to her appointment in Boston. So Aww, good. Yeah. 
She's, All right. So that's what I can do. I can't do much for her on the ground, but um, that's what I can do for her. And then, oh, finally this weekend I'm going, you know what, Julie? I'm going away for my first girls' weekend in like 22 years of marriage. <laughs> how, how, wow, Leanne. I know. Wow, that's that's exciting. And it's good, Leanne. I mean, I'm sorry. What took you so long? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I've been busy. You know, I don't know. I mean, like I see my friends, but we just don't plan like these trips and, you know, there's been enough, you know, college reunions and stuff I'll go to, but that's, we live, I live close to my college and I don't have just never actually, other than you guys, when we went away for the initial work trip, but that was work. So my friend Sally has a beach house and she's like, come down with our old group of mom friends, all of us had kids that started in kindergarten with our oldest, all of us have like 20 year old kids and we all met in kindergarten. So five of us are going to spend the weekend at her house at the beach. So I'm super psyched. Oh, Leanne, that will yeah. be really fun. Yes. I'm sure it will be. I mean, cause you don't get to see these women that, that often. No, not anymore. No. You know, okay. the kids yeah. were together for years That's and then great. went to different high schools. And now of course they're all off at, at colleges or doing various things with their lives. And so it will be fun to get together and, um, um, and then <laughs> really psyched because my friend Sarah's coming and she was an editor at, um, Bon Appetit for 20 years. So she's like, can I bring all my chocolates? I'm testing a lot of new recipes. That sounds like a perfect weekend uh, <laughs> where you're testing chocolates. Lady. Yeah. I love and, it. And she's publishing a book this month. I'll, I'll look it up and put the link on, on cocktails. So, uh, so she's, Ooh, well, so, that sounds like she's going to be handy in yes. the kitchen, Liam. <laughs> You need at least one girl uh, on your girls' weekend to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's much more fun to eat in rather than try to eat out uh, on girls' weekend. You know what? And that's our plan. Right. I'm actually going to take the train down Friday, so I'm not even driving. And then then looking forward to it. So there you go. So that's why I won't be on the show. But you will. Other people will. Tune in. There's an announcement. And and that's it. Julie, it's – wow, it's almost an hour, our show. (laughs) It's a very restorative broth, Leanne, that we prepared this evening. It is. I feel cleansed. Do you? <laughs> I do. It's lifted my spirits. <laughs> All right, Nana. I know you need to go to sleep and I need to, oh, I hope that cabbage just hasn't boiled away on the stove. <laughs> yeah, you better get Shoot. down to the cabbage. <laughs> the house is really going to smell really bad. Yes. when you overcook the cabbage, Leanne. <laughs> All right. We are the Satellite Sisters. You can find us at Sat Sisters. You can like our Facebook page. And hold off. If you haven't been to SatelliteSisters.com, just wait till like Saturday or Sunday to go to SatelliteSisters.com and see the new website. One of the features is that we have made the audio archives much, much easier to discover, to search, to listen to. We can find the shows, even us. So... (laughs) That's how easy it is. Yes. And there has been a lot of work done behind the scenes to make that happen. So that was our goal. And that's what we're launching over the weekend. But um, so if if you see things amiss, don't worry. It's all good. It's all going to be good. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget. Call your Satellite Sister.